All right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking Line podcast, a special episode indeed, because uh, not only do I have Zach Carey with me. Hello, Zach. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear it. We also have another Zach C uh, of UVA Twitterverse, uh, Zachary Carter, unknown uh, for all kinds of things, Zach, uh, best-selling <laughs> author, UVA fan extraordinaire, uh, economic tweeter <laughs> among among uh, and and excellent taste in music Zachary Carter uh, welcome to the podcast thanks for joining us thanks so much for having me uh, we are excited because I know you got some opinions to share with us and and we got a lot to talk about in the world of UVA sports um, it's a bye week for the football team but of course we want to discuss uh, the very eventful loss to BYU uh, but I, I hope uh, we spend more time this week on basketball because basketball is almost here. I know the three of us love basketball and, you know, it's, 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 we, we should be so amped. I wonder if there's like some excitement drawn away from the fact that the football team has a winning record, but I mean, this, this could not be a better time to be excited about UVA because there's so many question marks, but like exciting question marks to me for the basketball team. And it's going to be more of a real season. Hopefully, hopefully no one here is pretending that the pandemic's over, but it seems like sports world so far has, has reverted back to more normal life. And that is a very exciting thing for us. So my, my two Zachs, <laughs> why don't we start with the BYU game uh, though? Because the who's go to Provo uh, spot, the home team, 21 points near immediately. Um, which isn't the most surprising thing to, because they've done this at a couple games already this year, but uh, we'll, we'll go, Mr. Carey, give me, give me your takeaways that don't have to deal with Brennan Armstrong's uh, potential injury. We'll get to that next. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think at a certain point, you just sort of shrug your shoulders and say, if the defense is going to give up 66 points on the road and continues to just, not show up in road games there's nothing that this team can do about it like like this team might be eight and one if we if the defense didn't give up just tremendous amounts of yards um on the ground on the road i mean you look at the unc game and this feels almost like a carbon copy until you know late in the game with with brennan um and just i mean i you just look at the the it box was, score it was eerie yeah it like was we'd watched it was it before yeah i mean 385 rushing yards 385 <laughs> like i know brennan didn't like i know brennan didn't play the whole fourth quarter and only like the first five minutes or whatever but he only had 372 no he had 337 passing yards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like they had more rushing yards and he had passing yards that's kind of ridiculous for the numbers that he's been putting up yeah uh, i mean you yeah. can't I, I don't know. You can't win games like that. It's just, and... it's disappointing because you, you get this amazing offensive right. unit uh, starts, you know, starts a little slow, but turns it together, puts it a gutty performance um, to, to get them back in the game and even take the lead. I mean, you right. know, which, which also wasn't the most surprising of things because we had seen them do that in these games where they spotted teams, big things, but it's just such a weird place to be in, to be so crestfallen about the defense and so optimistic about it. You know, we've done the whole switcheroo since a few years ago um, under the Bronco helm. So, so Mr. Carter, uh, you know, having watched a couple of these blowouts against arguably the better uh, teams they've played so far this season, you know, where we've talked little Zach and I have talked about where we see this season going and even, even joked 
you know, that they'd rattle off those four wins, which then they did, and then rattle off four losses. You know, where where's the mindset of the UVA fan with the more important games coming up? I have to say it was pretty dispiriting to watch yeah. uh, the, the parallels to the UNC game uh, developed in, against um, against BYU. There was just it was like there had been no growth at all over the over the interviewing meeting, you know, month, month and a half. Yeah. Um, you, you look at the UNC game and it looks terrible in the first quarter. It's really fun to watch in the second and third <laughs> quarters. The fourth quarter is horrendous. It's the exact same thing. And, and you know, if uh, the, the, the Armstrong injury notwithstanding, even if he'd been in the game, there's just, you, you, can't, you can't win if you're going to give up 66 points in, in football. <laughs> it just cannot be done. Uh, and, and I have to say, I, I think it's a little bit flabbergasting. I, I mean, this yeah. is not a team. The coaches for this team are not defensively incompetent. They've got, they've put players in the NFL. Um, right, right. Yeah. You know, this, this, this to me is it's uh, it's really out of character when they play bad teams. The defense looks like it's it's uh, not terrific, but but capable. I guess you know they they did really well against Duke, um, but but against <laughs> yeah. good teams, they, they they just don't look like a college team. I mean, it, it looks like they're playing somebody who's who's vying for a state championship in high school, um, and and probably not in Texas. Uh, it's it's just it's it's hard to. Um, it's hard to get excited about, and that's that's really uh, depressing because that that offense is, I think, the most electric offense in in college football. It, Brennan Armstrong is incredible. The way the plays are designed and called, I have to say, early in the season, I, I thought the play calls were a little bit too loopy, but <laughs> I was wrong. It, they're great. Right. It's yeah. a terrific offense. It's explosive. It's electric. All all of the great e words, um, and it, it's it's just such a shame to waste it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, and I'm I'm right there with you in the William and Mary game. Go, you know, tweeting like, can some guys who aren't quarterbacks run the ball? You know, we we don't <laughs> let's try the running backs out a little, and it, I you know it all it all fits together in in, in this uh, prolific offense. Of course, getting getting the ball into those football player hands. I guess we haven't seen too much from Rodriguez. I don't. I haven't heard anything to suggest he's been hurt. But uh, Darrington's been a bit of a revelation in uh, this first game. Was it or this is the first game with that long touchdown run, but not the first game where we've seen him capable of making those plays. So hopefully that continues. Um it's it's just weird to be so amped about such an amazing offense. If we're as great as the offense is, the defense is that bad. It's it's is a right. zero out of ten performance. And it's the third time they've done that. So you you can't be optimistic with the remaining three games. Not saying they're gonna lose, they could easily beat the Hokies. Hell, I think they could really surprise Notre Dame at home, a team that's probably going to think they can walk all over the defense, but should come in thinking they can walk over all the defense where we can see. It's just, it's hard to feel confident when you know against the better teams they play, they, they, they just haven't been able to keep them from doing whatever they wanted with the ball. And it's hard to win games. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Zach Carey, what, 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 what you got? I mean, it's just it's so disheartening because you see what happens Saturday afternoon where Pitt loses. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, could we win the ACC? Like that's what that that that's the thought that goes through everyone's head. And you think, okay, Wake Forest is playing really well, but like I feel like Wake Forest is a beatable team for us at a neutral site. Yeah. And then you go you, you take away the BYU game. Even if you just say, even if Brennan is fully healthy. Do you really expect to go into Pitt, play Kenny Pickett, 
and genuinely have a chance to win that game with how this defense has performed. I agree with you that Notre Dame's beatable at home and Pitt or and Virginia Tech is we should win that game going away probably. But like it's just it's just really disappointing to just be like, man, it feels like we're this close to really making a run at the ACC, really making a run at the coastal for what would have been a back-to-back coastal, you know, sort of like a UVA lacrosse back-to-back national championship, but it's just, it's really tough. And, and okay, maybe the bye comes at the perfect moment. You know, Brennan's hurt, you know, he can rest up for two weeks. Sure, and, sure. And the defense can figure something out. So you know, there's still reason for optimism, um, but it's just really hard to feel, uh, to feel good about where we are, especially just with, like, it seems like everything lined up perfectly. Yeah. And then you come storming back in that game and the defense just doesn't just doesn't get the job done. And 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 it's it just it, it just as as Zach said, you know, you can get excited about so much and then everything is just pulled back down to earth by the defense. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, if if I were a coach right now and I had <laughs> maybe the best quarterback in college football, I mean, <laughs> may, may well be right uh, yeah. with a, a serious injury that had to be taken out of the game for. I can't see any reason why I would put him in any more jeopardy with this defense on the field. I would be extremely cautious about putting him back in the game yeah. uh, on the grounds that this defense is just not going to be able to support him. And I, I always want to be careful when, um, you know, criticizing college players because, you know, these are, these are kids, these, these oh, yeah, teenagers, yeah. early 20 something. They're fighting hard. These, these are, these are not, you know, bad people because they've had a rough season, but the, the defense just isn't, isn't there to, to support, uh, you know, the grand ambitions that this program is, is, becoming capable of of taking seriously yeah yeah and, and like and you I, said before it's it's a weird it's weird to see it this bad because we've seen the opposite from this coaching staff and and you know as we said a few episodes on air like at, this was supposed to be the season that dictated right the death chart is more where i as a coach or we as a coaching staff want it to be and yeah there's been some injuries and you know, obviously you miss recruits or have, have turnover and things like that. So it's not, it's never going to be flawless, but every facet again, yeah, I'm right. I think we're all on the same page. We're not trying to blame up, you know, a single player, even the, the right. guys themselves, we're just upset of, at a poor performance. And it's clearly indicative of a program, but, you know, it's not like uh, the, the middle linebacker or the, you know, yeah. it's, it's nothing like that. It's because every facet of the defense has, has been poor in these losses and in a lot of other time in the wins as well. It's, 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 it, you said it best flabbergasted is probably the best way. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. The whole thing's just not hanging together. And uh, in a way that where you can't, you can't blame individual yeah. players. No, right? no, no. It's, it's, it's just like watching a map that doesn't lead somewhere. Like <laughs> and, and this is, this is where the conversation of somebody on the coaching staff getting fired kind of does come up. Like, I'm yeah, not, or, I'm not, or at least like, a major is, change in what they're trying to do. But I'm not, I, yeah, right. feel free to advocate for, we're not I'm above not, that. <laughs> I'm not saying fire care. people. I'm just saying like that game, I rewatched it today and you just, I like, what is going on? Like the, the, they, they, all, they, they nearly averaged 10 yards a carry. Yeah. I, I well, just it, like, yeah. it, it just, it's really difficult to sort of, continue to see these performances and i'm not saying like get rid of people i'm just saying like 
the conversation is there that if the defense is this incapable and this un- incompetent, like yeah. it, it becomes a bigger issue than the personnel and the yeah. scheme. Yeah. It, and it becomes something of like, is there a bigger issue here? And I'm not saying Bronco. I'm saying w- within the staff. Well, the Bucks has starts at Bronco too. I mean, I, he'd right. be the first to say that, I'm sure. Um, oh, no, I'm sure, yeah. I do think there's some X and O's breakdown you get to, the. Uh, I think, in, in the earlier losses. I saw more of... Um, you know, why, why is this scheme or this play call uh, in this situation, especially against a team like UNC or, or whatever it might be. But, you know, there is the other argument on the other hand to, to say uh, the coaches aren't the one missing tackles, you know, uh, right. and how many of those did we see in this game? Good Lord. I mean, BYU is a tough team. BYU is always going to be one of the more physical teams you play. You know, they're all like 26, like they're, <laughs> they're harder to tackle than <laughs> an 18 year olds, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I mean, the, the running back who ran for what almost 300 yards uh, is a former linebacker. You're going, yeah, he looks like it when, when right. he's bowling over Virginia defense uh, defenders. Anyway, we want to talk basketball, but I was, you know, I, I put it. Obviously, we know the context of, of Brennan's status being what the rest of the season hinges on. Um, it's it's not that the team's incapable. It's just that's how good he is. And much like when Bryce Perkins was here, you know, the team's going to go as it goes. It's a normal thing, right? How utterly tragically predictable it was to see him get injured in the fourth quarter because he's doing everything he can to score 70 points. Because that in, that's the only way they're going to win. Um, I mean, he points at his rib, says it's broken he's, he's a, a couple of times. Oh yeah, he he, you know, and I think it was after he said I should have slid or or what. Well, he needed the first down, you know, and that's the only way you could score seventy points is by never punting and by getting every first down you could get. Uh, it's just so so sad and so utterly predictable because. I, I don't need I don't need to phrase it any other than that. It just it, I think we all saw it. Every, everyone saw on this program was waiting for the other shoe to drop. And hopefully uh, we, uh, you know, as we're recording this, we don't know his status. I don't know when we'll know his status, especially, you know, bye week obviously comes at a good time. Maybe he plays against our name. Maybe it's more serious than that. It could be either way. And I don't think any of us are going to find out for a while uh, to be honest. So anything left to be said about Armstrong before we move on to. He's given the team uh, an incredible season. Yeah. yeah, he's given the team an incredible season either way. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think you can ask any more of him than what he's given. Uh, and, and if uh, if if he comes back and plays great, that's terrific. But that, uh, you know, the, the injury will just be what it'll be. Yeah, I guess I would. Also, you know, if he if he's able to come. Well, regardless, hopefully he comes back and obviously that helps their chances It was to, to Zach Carey. And I are, you know, always battle battle back and forth of what is a successful year? And we sort of gauge this every week, you know, they drop this, let's say they get blown out by Notre Dame and blown out by Pitt. And we're, we're furious at the defense and whether Brennan's playing or not. Right. If they beat the Hokies, we go to the Mayo bowl or whatever, you know, (laughs) like, I think we're all sort of going record breaking offense. Let's hope that the defense gets, gets it going for next year maybe armstrong yeah. comes back oh hopefully armstrong comes back um i think you will i think we're all sort of optimistic because of what armstrong and the offense have been able to do if they be virginia tech so are we in agreement there zach's yeah. council yeah, of I'm the good. zach's yeah <laughs> at this nods. point just with everything that's up in the air particularly with brennan 
it's hard to say when you just look at you look and you see that if you beat Pitt and Tech, you're in the ACC championship true. game. Very true. It's it's that's so tantalizing. But I think if you go seven and five, win a bowl game, at least just I think you have to be happy at that point, especially considering everyone's preseason expectations. And this team did not work out how I think we may have expected them to. But the end result is probably seven and five beating tech. Like that's probably about as good as you really could have hoped for at the beginning of the year. And you 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 know it hinges on that hoagies game because it's it's the last word for the fuente (laughs) time in in virginia tech and so i mean i think i think it's an open secret um that that that, that's his tenure is going to be over at blacksburg so you know the hokey fans obviously want to be virginia but they already know they're waiting for the next chapter anyway so it's sort of a you could hopefully get them in a down, at least the fans, yeah. it'll be down. The team, obviously. Perfect time though. to kick them all they're down. Yeah. What I don't want, I, you know, what, if they let them go, like, openly, and then it's, like, the coordinator who played at Virginia Tech or whoever, you know, like, yeah. that guy That guy coaches them to a win over over UVA uh, nine times out of ten. That That's classic backup QB comes in and beats us mojo, um, which, unfortunately, this team falls for. Anyway. A lot to happen, a lot of news. Hopefully, Armstrong uh, gives us good news in the coming days. But let's get to basketball. Um, Zach Carter, tell me your UVA basketball fan story. I, w- I want so for the people at home might not interact with you at Twitter as much. Um, why why are you here to tell us about the Who's and and the basketball team? Because. It's the best basketball program in the country, and I care about things that are good. <laughs> as, as a journalist, perfect. Uh, I have a, I have a re- I have a responsibility to the public to follow <laughs> things that are both good and bad, um, and to tell people about the good things and keep them factually informed. Uh, I, you know, I, I went to the University of Virginia, graduated in two thousand five. Basketball program was. Mm. Not not anything to write home about. I didn't write home about it when I was in school. Um, and under Tony Bennett, we all we all know the story. It's 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 a joy to watch these teams every year. Some years they come in, you know, the expectations are very high. I think last year, um, obviously, it was a great season, but there was preseason chatter about a Final Four, uh, qual- you know, caliber team that didn't happen. Obviously, um, but. This year is is just really thrilling be, uh, for at least for me as a as an objective observer <laughs> of the truth, yeah. um, because because the expectations are 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 kind of are kind of neutral. Uh, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. a lot of the 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 incoming class. That this team is very different. It, only a few players are are uh, returning from last year, and uh, and there's there's no ex, there's there's no need to to make a final four to say that the you know, this season was, was up to stuff. Um, yeah. You got a lot of guys who, who are just going to be new to the program and it's going to be exciting to see the way the team develops. And even if this, the season starts off kind of shaky, um, I, I thinking about the year after the national championship, um, a, a team that develops and, and comes together in its own unique way. Um, th- this, this is going to be that, that type of year where we, we don't really know what we're going to get and it's going to be fun to watch it come together. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, Zach Carey, what's, what's the biggest roster 
question mark you're looking forward to seeing an answer to early i know there are a bunch to choose from so we'll, we'll discuss all of them but what's yeah. your gut reaction like you know these first games navy just a week away what's what's something you're looking for actual gameplay to shed some light on that we've been wondering about for months i think it's a young guy so you haven't seen yet um and there's a good number of them i mean listen the transfers are exciting but i think mm. they're also a little bit more known quality quantities um you know i'm thinking of Caden, I'm thinking of uh, Carson McCorkle. I'm thinking of Tane Murray, Igor Milicic, guys that like Caden and and uh, and Carson been in the program, but haven't had the opportunities to really show themselves. And so I'm excited mm-hmm. about those two. I'm excited to see what the first years are going to do because you know this is going to be a team that that those guys are going to get an opportunity playing for because there's only ten scholarship guys, I think. Um, and, and so. I'm really excited to see how those guys perform, especially against some of that lesser competition early in conference play and being able to maybe get a little bit overexcited about a couple of guys, see Carson McCorkle go four for four from three, you know, some, just something along those lines, <laughs> just to get excited for the future. Because, you know, as, as Zach said, you know, the expectations for this team are not final four. Um, and I think that it's, it's totally okay to have a season where you're thinking like if we're competitive in the ACC, you know, if we, if we can make, make the tournament, get, get a win or two, you know, get some good wins and just, I mean, it sounds dumb, but have fun along the way with this roster and then prepare for future seasons of contention and seeing which pieces um, of this court, like what, what pieces that are coming back will be able to be a part of that next potential championship core. Um, and so for that reason, you know, I'm, I'm just looking to see the, these high ceiling guys like Reese again, obviously we saw what Reese was yeah. last year, but see him take a jump. So, I mean, it's it just, it's a lot about thinking about like, you know, what can these guys do with this opportunity? It's, it's as Tony Bennett has said, um, you know, there's a lot of young guys that are going to get their chances and, and that's pretty exciting, especially after we've had a couple of seasons that have been very dominated by um, older players. You know I mean? Last year we saw Sam Hauser, Jay Huff, Trey Murphy really take up minutes in the front court. There really weren't minutes for younger guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kihei got minutes. I mean, yeah. Reese got minutes last year, but he was really, you know, th- there weren't a lot of breakthroughs or, or opportunities for the young guys. And it's cool to see some exciting players um, that we don't know a lot about sort of get some chances. It's funny that, you know, you, you, you can rattle through all these storylines that I think line up exactly what most people listening are probably nodding and going, yep, yep, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. And it isn't until you get to like point eight that's like, oh, and Kihei's still here. And like, obviously, we know, we know the ups and downs of UVA fandoms, wavering opinions on, on national champion Kihei Clark. Um, but he's the leader, right? Like, and, and this is, potentially his last hurrah and i know that's not necessarily the case because of the the covid eligibility bonuses and things like that but that is a him and reese in the backcourt is a a massive question mark to me that i'm excited to see how i mean this has been its thing right like how am i going to employ different guards different point guards you know to put the team in the best case to to win as many games as possible you see that step hopefully from Reese. You see how Kihei settles in as the the leader. He's already been the leader. It's not really a change for him, but yeah, more playing time for Reese and maybe even more Reese at the one specifically to be that playmaking guard. It'll be really, really interesting to see um, how Coach Bennett and, and how those two players, I don't know, sort of coalesce around um, what we want to see from both of them this year. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's I, almost more so than seeing Kihei as a leader. I'm going to be curious to see Kihei maybe give up some responsibility. Well, that's part Reese. of it, like, right? How like, does he deal with that? Because yeah. 
that's tough. Like, you know, I, I think that a lot of people, like we can somewhat, there, there's a consensus that Reese Beekman is likely a higher ceiling player than Kihei Clark. Like I think that just looking at their games, Reese likely has a higher ceiling. Obviously he's much younger uh, earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. And so Reese needs to be running the offense to a certain extent. That's like, what I, I just, mean. Like he yeah, can't right, be right, the exactly. two, you know, yeah, like, exactly. And, and some of this is going to come down to how much did they grow in the offseason? As you said, like Kihei has revamped his shot. I've had people tell me that it looks a lot quicker. Um, I feel like we heard that last year too. So who really knows? Um, mm-hmm. and, and Reese is more willing to, to shoot three. So it's either, there's really sort of two things that can happen. Either they're better and, you know, they, they, they have some of that shooting ability. Cause I really feel like that limited this, that last year's team, um, or it's more of the same and Bennett has to scheme ways to make this offense still work and then pray that the defense comes together with a lot of new pieces. So sure, if the sure. first thing happens, this team ceiling is much higher, I feel like, particularly offensively. And hopefully you can utilize that front court still um, and, and sort of like the, the new different talents that, they, that that is there. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's going to come down to a lot of what those two guys are going to be able to do and how they're going to play off each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so Zach Carter, maybe we could, we could spend uh, 10, 15 minutes on every player probably and bore people to death with a two hour show here, but what, what's something else uh, in this roster and some questions that you're looking forward to seeing answers to. Well, I don't want to put uh, ridiculously high expectations on, on this team because I, I don't think that's, that's, Fair, um, but you know, remember after the 2016-2017 team, the uh, the London Parantas senior mm-hmm. senior season, um, there there weren't a whole lot of reasons to believe that the next team was going to consistently be the best team in college basketball. And I don't expect this team to be consistently the best team in college basketball. Mm-hmm. But the backcourt, in particular, uh, in in the year that followed. Um, was just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And there was no reason to believe from, from Kyle Guy, Devin Hall, and, uh, and Ty Jerome's performances the previous year that they were going to be so good. I think yeah. Devin Hall in particular is a bit of an unsung hero in UVA basketball lore. Um, he just had an incredible season. And, and you know that, that whole season is, is overshadowed by what happened in the NCAA tournament right, that right. year. Um, but, but, but that was an incredible team. And, and there's I a reason they were on, a one um, seed, you know, like they, they were right. just dominating everyone. <laughs> like, like they were, yeah, yeah. It just wasn't close. I mean, the one yeah. loss was a yeah. one point overtime loss to, to Virginia tech in the right. in ACC fight. I mean, it was, it was an incredible, incredibly dominant season. They were the, they were the number one overall seed and it wasn't close. Right. Um, so, so I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think doesn't have to, <laughs> but they don't have to go whatever 17 and one in ACC right. play to, to have a successful season. Sure. Um, but, but player development under, under Tony Bennett is always, um, is always a big, a big question mark in a positive sense. He gets yeah. huge leaps from guys that other coaches would not get huge leaps out of. And so I think Reese Beekman is, is someone certainly that, that, that I'm watching. Um, I'm certainly watching, watching Kihei Clark. I felt like the offense last year didn't play to his strengths as well. Mm-hmm. So um, while I, I had expected a bigger leap from him last year than, than what we saw in some ways, I think he probably regressed last year compared to the year before, but mm-hmm. I think an offense that's more geared towards what he's good at um, it could, you know, we, we could see some, some growth from him, but I, I mean, how can you, how can you ignore the front court talent on this team? Yeah. I, I think uh, Caden Shedrick is going to be a really interesting guy to watch. He was, very i mean just i was really surprised by how good he was in the minutes that he had last year and he just hasn't yeah. been healthy 
over the course of his career at Virginia. This year, he seems healthy. Um, you could even say the same thing for Cody Statman. Um, he has not looked great in, in the playing time that, that he's received, but he also hasn't been healthy. He had, a, he had a, mm -hmm. some pretty serious cardiac, cardiac issues last year. Um, and so we don't know what he looks like healthy. Um, and, and of course, the, the transfer, Jaden Gardner uh, has an, had an unbelievable career yeah. At, at ECU, Eastern Carolina, and he was the focal point of every single defense that faced him. Mm -hmm. So if he just gets a little bit of help <laughs> on those teams, yeah. that team is not nearly, that team's you know, winning record looks a lot different. Um, so I, the, the way those, those guys fit together, um, it could go a lot of, a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, especially Shedrick and Garner together is such an exciting possibility. I mean, you know, we're going to see it. I just mean the, the, the ceiling to that pairing in the front court seems to be so complimentary, uh, on both sides of the ball. And, um, Shedrick has the potential to immediately be the best front court offensive playmaker we've had since, I don't know, Gill. Um, not that Huff wasn't scoring points, but he wasn't doing it in the paint. All, all that, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, crazy post moves and it, was, it wasn't traditional. It was, it was yeah. dunks and threes and the occasional blow by. <laughs> and none of this is anti Huff, but I am excited to see a more traditional skill set because it was frustrating to watch the offense be the big guys shoot threes and the little guys could not shoot threes. Like, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> it didn't work very often. I, I, I mean, yeah, they won the ACC last year. Obviously they figured it out as a team. Um, but I am excited for, for the potential in uh, what this offense can be. Uh, we know what the defense will be. Hopefully we haven't talked yeah. about Armand Franklin either. And, and he could be a massive country contributor he will be a massive contributor to the team. i mean franklin is is a player that really fits the bennett mold um mm -hmm. it, it's gonna be sort of a question i i think that he could have a devin hall-esque season as in that 2017-2018 year um I, i'm really curious to see how he goes because i honestly believe that he could be the best player on this team mm. um with given what he can do on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, just because if you look at what he did at Indiana last season, he's a very versatile offensive player. He, he can play the pick and roll. He can be a handler. He's a underrated passer. Um, he can shoot off the bounce and he's willing to pull up um, from distance. I'm a little bit worried that his three point numbers last year were a little bit soft um, considering that he shot pretty poorly his first year and then mm -hmm. really well a second. Maybe that was just an adjustment. Um, but he was he shot like I think forty three percent on almost four attempts per game, which sounds really great. His free throw not, I, he's going to be a good shooter. I'm just he's not he might not be the quite elite level that the stats may imply. Gotcha. Um, but if he can gain a little bit more control driving to the rim, takes fewer sort of like silly little mid range jumpers off just sort of like one leg and whatnot, um, he could be really special. And you know there needs to be spacing on this offense. That's not him for him to really be able to right. do that because it's hard to say like, okay, let's run a pick and roll with Armand Franklin and Caden Shedrick. And then you have three guys who shot in the twenties and low thirties in their entire career <laughs> on the other side. Um, 
so it, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out defensively. He has, he, he's not quite as big as a Devin Hall, Malcolm Brogdon type. He's closer to six, four um, and, and likely doesn't quite have the elite quickness of those guys, but he has the length and he has the potential and he knows how to play in a pack line system. Cause he did it in Indiana his first yeah, two years. Yeah. Um, it's not the Bennett system, but he knows how to buy into that, which is sort of the key. Um, often like we talk about learning the pack line and it's more just sort of like being able to buy into it rather than just learning it and just sort of like, understanding that you have to be all in um and yeah, obviously the, yeah. the bennett degree is different than indiana but still um he's done that before <laughs> so you know he is another high ceiling guy he has a high floor high ceiling which is really exciting because i don't think that he's going to be a weakness on this team i think gardner could be defensively which is sort of like where you like get concerned because like he's probably going to be the leading scorer and put up 14 or 15 a game but then it's like all right well like is he getting abused in ball screens i don't think franklin is going to be a weakness no matter what and he could be an extreme strength. And it's just sort of a question of he's going to likely have a breakout year as a Virginia Cavalier. It's just a question of, is it this year, next year? Does he stay for a, you know, a COVID year at the end, which I doubt, but yeah. he's going to be really good at a, in a Virginia uniform at some point. And I think that, you know, he could have a, a breakout year and he's not really getting talked about a lot, which is interesting yeah. just because of like, we haven't seen him. Um, but he's really excited. And I just think like you, you just look at the starting lineup and you say that you can be excited about everybody. I mean, like Kihei, like who knows what you what your opinion on Kihei is, but you know, everyone else is an unproven quantity in in, in the UVA mm-hmm. system. And and that's really exciting just because this team could be really good. Like they could be genuinely really good. And then you look at the bench and you say they're shooting there. And really, what else can you ask for with such an experienced group? Unexperienced really, mm-hmm. you know, if you have shooting. Um, and you can stick those guys on the perimeter, play like a triangles offense like they did last year, stick Carson McCorkle on the perimeter, play small ball with Jane Gardner. You know, like there's there's options and, and that's sort of exciting. And and there's going to be more bully ball this year. And if you like that, yeah. then, then that's awesome. I mean, there's going to be more duck-ins out of mover blocker, like you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, there's yeah. going to be a lot of post touches and there's going to have to be. And I think that that's, yeah. I mean, like if, if those guys, like, it's hard to not see Caden Shedrick and Gardner combining for a good number of post points this season. And I think that that's great. The, the problem is when you, when you can't space the floor and all of a sudden right, right. they're getting double teamed and then it's kick out to Kihei who breaks a three and okay, then, then we have issues <laughs> or, but... or other people breaking threes. This is a Sorry, pro other Kihei people can podcast. Threes, so yeah. Everybody knows us. We love, we love Kihei. But th- there's excitement <laughs> to be had. And, and remember Kihei's freshman year when he won a national championship, um, <laughs> You know, he, he shot better that year than he did last right. year, um, in part because of who else was on the floor. But he also right. ran the offense very well. People forget that he was often the guy bringing the ball up, up the floor for that team um, because Ty was so effective off the ball. Right. Um, now, there were also other games, of course, where that <laughs> wasn't happening. <laughs> but, um, but, but he, he is, a, 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 is, a, is a, I think his versatility is underrated as, yeah. um, as an offensive player. Um, but I also think, you know, it's been a while since we had a really dynamic post score like Anthony Gill. And yeah. there, there, are, there are moments when I look at, at, uh, at, at Reese and, and Armand Franklin and think, okay, we've, we've got somebody who's, who's, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say they're, they're like Malcolm Brogdon and that they're, <laughs> they're going to be as good as he was, but, but the types of, 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 of things the offense would do with Anthony Gill and Malcolm Brogdon on the same team, I can imagine that offensively with those guys in the sort of Brogdon-esque role mm-hmm. and, and then having, having um, 
Jane Gardner in, in the Anthony Gill type role. Um, and that would be a lot of fun to watch because we haven't we haven't had that in a while. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, whether they're at, at that level, um, you know, it will, remains to be seen. But it, it certainly would be a, it would be a nice change of pace from, from the last few years, not to denigrate the last few years. It'll just be fun to see. Yeah. Ben, Bennett has yeah. become a more versatile and flexible offensive coach. For over sure. the last few seasons, and it'll be interesting to see what you know what rabbits he pulls out of that hat this year. It's funny to to talk about current players in the vein of you know former stars because we've seen it time and time again in multiple roles on this team that the coaching staff gets this guy who sort of plays like Akil Mitchell and hasn't had much playing time. And that year he's defensive player year playing exactly like Akil Mitchell did. And his name was Darion, right? You know what I mean? Like right. they have shown like almost like the football team in, in uh, certain positions, they, they do a good job of recruiting the, the, both the physical and style aspects that fit into a specific role that they want to see in a player and that it is um, able to be replicated by the next guy up. So I think you're, you're spot on there that it's something to hope for. It might not be exactly the same, obviously, but you know, that level of production isn't out of the question. Uh, I, when you were talking Zach earlier about Caden and, and mentioned ball screens, I, the, I know we all do this. It's not unique to me, but it, it is unique to UVA fans. I think very nerdily excited in my head was like, Oh, Caden's going to get back from those hedges. So good. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to recover and that guy's not going to know where to pass the ball because Caden's long and fast and nimble. It will be in the way. That's good. We're all going to be like, <laughs> and we all are <laughs> so, so like, I know everyone listens to this is probably going, I know exactly what he's talking about um, because There's it's no such more, a yeah. staple. And, no, and, and, more... and Jay Huff was a, was a great defender in, in a lot of respects, mm-hmm. but that was not his strength. Right. right. He looked he was... a little shaky doing that exact Baby move. Giraffe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He blocked a lot of shots, but the hedge oh, yeah. recover was not his not not, not his his best move. Mm-hmm. And uh, and having a guy who can who can do that again, I mean, you, you can just oh man, you see when you look at the film on on Caden when he was actually playing, just how quick he is. Ooh, it's hard not yeah. to get excited about that guy putting on some muscle and uh, and being able to go to work on the defensive end. Yeah, and I know Zach Carey, you and I have talked a, a couple times about how often Bennett might go small. Um, with this lineup, despite, I mean, you know, we, we, we haven't mentioned Kafaro yet, but I think I speak for all of us that we like what Kafaro brings to the position, um, uh, you know, a good touch, some of that physicality that, that, that we loved in Jack Salt. Um, they're not the same, but, you know, they, they, they bring a similar vibe. Again, fitting into that type of role that's already been established. However, the team does set up well to, to play small, and we've seen so much success uh, under Bennett teams playing small. Um, I, I wonder where we're going to get into that. All right. Whose time is dwindling a little bit in that rotation? Right. Cause that's a common thing too. I think that if you're looking at small ball, obviously you're putting Gardner at the five. Um, right. Ideally you have those three guards, um, you know, Beekman, Clark, Franklin. And then, you know, I, I wrote about it in an article that went up today. It's just sort of a question of like, who else like who's the next guy i mean because bennett is not afraid to go really small i mean we saw this gosh i guess it was the 2017 year when like devin hall was playing the four and here's the thing devin hall armand franklin's great he's not devin hall defensively like devin hall was was 
ridiculously capable at guarding bigger guys as Malcolm right. Brogdon was as well. Um, so I'm not saying that they're going to do that, but like he's not afraid to play four guards with an undersized center. I mean, he did it with Isaiah Wilkins. It comes down to the question of, are they putting another guard in there, like Tane Murray or Carson McCorkle to add shooting? Mm. Are they looking for a forward like Statman or Milicic? Um, it's it's a really interesting sort of equation to balance. I think Kafara would likely be the guy to really lose out on minutes if small ball became a consistent thing and something that they could really go back to, like one specific lineup, um, because they're going to be able to get that versatility. And then when they want to go bigger, they're just going to bring Caden back in for 25 minutes a game and they're going to go small for another 15. Right, so, right, right. you know, Kafara could lose out on real minutes. I mean, foul trouble. So he'll, he'll get time still. But, um, it's really interesting to sort of look at those four wings slash guards um, that are still all unproven. You know, Cody Statman's your sort of high floor guy who's also yeah. not going to like have a breakout year. Could still be decent, but you know he's not he's not contributing to your next national championship team necessarily. And so you're kind of like, all right, if he plays great, that's a stopgap. Um, Milicic could get exploited defensively he's high ceiling offensively with a handle yeah. shooting being six nine six ten ish probably yeah, yeah. um murray's physical he's gonna bring shooting he he has a little bit of, of, of a handle but he's still very rough i think um and then you know mccorkle can can bring that kyle guy-esque shooting and as long as he can sort of survive and be a bulldog defensively he'll add something it's just sort of a question of who steps up the most who's the most reliable yeah. who fits in among the, the the first five guys the best and i i mean i do not know like it, it, it's a really yeah. difficult question to like like it, it was a it was a question in the mailbag and i i literally sat there for five to ten minutes thinking i mean it I could, could be write a reason it could be millicent right imagine right. if like yeah. i know we we know it could be millicent right like it, right. It, he's just such an unknown that none of us are going to be surprised if all of a sudden you know, Milicic is playing starters minutes, right? Like, right. and, no, he's, and he's got, if he's doing hype. that, right. Yeah. That means that he's getting close to leading the team to score. And that's why you would have him out there because he, he could be such a productive score. What a, out of nowhere to at least the, 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 the non UVA specific fan that would be like, you know, who's this six yeah. ten guy that they just right. have. And, and, yeah. on, and he's a bucket. Um, how much fun though, would it be if, if the answer to this question is Carson McCorkle though, a guy who's I mean, been in this program since he was 12 <laughs> and, it, you know, he's, he, yeah, he's only listed <laughs> as a sophomore. His name's Carson McCorkle of all things. He's got and, a mullet. He has a mullet. <laughs> I mean, he, he was born to come to UVA and, and rain, rain bombs on opposing defenses. So let's see it. You know, he's, and I, I like you said that the his defense has got to be um, the big question mark. You know, I you know, I think I, it's fair to question his offense. We haven't seen him play, so hopefully he's a great shooter. Hopefully he contributes as a as a scoring threat from outside. But he's not going to get playing time if he doesn't play the level of defense he needs to. So Kenny, will he? He's been here long enough. You know, we're buying yeah. to the program. There's a reason he's still here, right? So let's see it. How 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 incredibly awesome and exciting would that be for for him to emerge? And it's perfectly reasonable to to think that he could do he could take right. that, that big step. I mean, the you know you always hesitate to um, draw sweeping conclusions from these secret scrimmage games that <laughs> no one actually sees. 
but his numbers in a secret scrimmage with Georgetown were were fantastic offensively. He scored a lot of points, which means he got some playing time in that scrimmage, <laughs> which means the coaches thought he belonged on the floor. Uh, so, you know, that's that's encouraging. It doesn't mean that he's going to have an all ACC type year, um, but but it means you know this guy can play and uh, and and it, it's it's really exciting for me to look at at the roster this year and. And see a bunch of different guys who could be breakout players. It's, it's yeah. you know, you only need one to be a breakout shooter for the offense to really look extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah. so many different guys who could have who could have a big leap, and you might end up with two or three of them making a big leap, and this team being being really uh, really special. Even if you don't, it'll be fun to see how it how it all fits together. Yeah, there's there's not going to be this sort of issue of like guys didn't get opportunities. Like last season, mm-hmm. it was. Jabri didn't get opportunities. It was McCorkle didn't get opportunities. It was McCoy didn't get opportunities. It was Casey Marcel got opportunities, but didn't make shots when he got opportunities and didn't get like, it's not going to be that. Like, like there's 10 guys. Everyone mm-hmm. is going to get their chance to prove, you know, what they got. And, and that's by design. Like Bennett did not want another 13 scholarship um, full roster. And, and for a team that you're kind of like, you know, whatever you can give us, we'll probably be happy with. Like, as long as you're not at the bottom of the ACC or going like 500, mm. that's cool. Cause, cause yeah, anything can happen. And like, <laughs> no, I awesome. think that's a perfectly excellent way to, to sum it up. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the schedule before we um, close things up, because, you know, it's an interesting season for the ACC. It always is, of course, but this is, uh, Coach K's farewell tour. This is Hubert Davis' first year in in Chapel Hill. Um, you've got former UVA players probably going to star uh, at NC State, and I know Georgia's not in the ACC, but we're playing Georgia, so um, there, there's a lot on this schedule to be, um, you know, thoughtful about and 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 uh, excited by for sure. I feel like people. Uh, in, national wide media wise are sleeping on FSU for some reason. Uh, it seems like a lot of the chatter is about the people they are always chatting about. And by this point, they should probably be chatting about FSU as much as they are Duke. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think FSU might be the team to beat still. Um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about uh, the, the Duke hype? The Duke hype is going to be the Duke hype. I, I you know, you for me, I need to see it before I'm believing anything with ben, Duke. And Cher is really good. I'll give I agree. It, but Zion Wilson was really good too. So I mean, no, no, I agree with what you're saying. I just I want to see him on the floor, just because, just because they always, you're always going to have the highly tatted freshmen, and and they don't always work out. Like, like there there have been flameouts, and and mm-hmm. like we've seen this the, the last couple of years. I'm not Duke is going to be good. Like we know they're they're going to be good. They're going to be top tops in the ace they're going to be at the top of the acc um but are they like elite level like when zion was there that that seems you know hard to say i'm not saying that they couldn't be but i don't really know with duke is elite level i'm pretty sure they uh didn't make a final four that year is that who, who didn't make yeah. the final four that year anybody uh, remember? Mm, auburn did auburn make a final four <laughs> we were I saying last time did they make a run some year yeah, uh, yeah. some team beat them though i don't think they won the thing uh, one thing that's unfair that is always overlooked in that 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 season because Duke did beat Virginia twice is that yeah. there was a really bad defensive foul called on Kihei Clark against Zion Williamson in that game. It was a clear charge. 
Nobody disputes that it was a charge. We looked at the tape. And if you walk back those three points, Virginia wins. All right. Important in camera. So important for people to remember. Zach Carter is still salty about the national championship season. Still, yeah. still can't let things go. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think Duke, I, I, the Duke hype this year seems more justified to me than it has in, in previous yeah. seasons. Um, I, I think for that team to really, I, I think that whether, whether it's, whether they win the ACC or not depends on how good Jeremy Roach is. Um, I don't, yeah. I do not think he lived up to expectations last year. I think, yeah. I think he and Beekman are kind of interesting sophomores this year where um, right. people didn't expect, you know, five star, you know, one and done stuff from Beekman last year, but he, but he and Roach are, are both players, people, you know, who, who could, uh, you know, could be, could be transformative for, for mm-hmm. their teams. I also think there are a lot of teams in the ACC this year who could could be a lot better than they've been over the last few years. I think Notre Dame could be a lot better than they've been. I think Louisville could be a lot better mm-hmm. than they've Louisville been. Louisville is, yeah, definitely. And I think Virginia Tech is, Oh yeah. you know, I think they've, they've got, you know, Aluma is a, is a beast of a player oh, yeah. and, and Mike Young's no slouch of a coach. Um, For sure. So there's all, all those teams on a good night, I think can beat, can beat Duke on a bad night. The mm. question is how many good nights and bad nights Duke has. And Trevor Keels at Duke, a name that we're obviously all familiar with as, as Virginia fans, uh, yet another recruit to to be courted forever and ever and choose to go play for somebody else, which, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, like you're saying about Roach, you know, guard play is always going to win this conference, and um, Keels is stepping into that uh, down in Durham. Um, Carolina has that. I mean, uh, Caleb Love is – I think it's fair to say, you know, could could be all ACC type of player. Um, Baycott's going to get the uh, the most of the hype, um, you know, former five star guy too, but from Richmond, I believe too. But uh, UNC is is a, a huge question mark. <laughs> this is not right. a like just plug and play from Coach Williams to to, to Davis uh, as a. Just keep on going. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Roy Williams does as a coach, did as a coach in this program that's very Roy Williams stuff. Like he he is a special guy. <laughs> and I don't know how, how better to phrase that other than you don't just replace him, much like Duke's going to discover when they let John Shire coach their basketball team. Uh, it could work. Uh, you know, it, it's just... I think I get everybody's hesitation and how they're predicting things because they're going to have to see it first there too. Um, and like you said, Mike Young's a great coach in Blacksburg. And obviously we know Laren Hamilton's a good coach down in Tallahassee. So there's no reason that those teams couldn't have the upper hand with like, you know, an established uh, idea identity for their squad and, and some talent on the squads too. I, I think this might be the year though, that Duke, backs up the preseason and hype finally <laughs> in conference. Um, I could be very wrong I, and I, I hope say. I'm wrong. But <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think that I would be. I, a, I mean, I, I think North Carolina is an, a one. Sorry, my internet two? is jumping. In yeah. out. <laughs> oh, okay. You're good. Uh, Carter, why don't we go with you? Keep an eye on Justin McCoy at, uh, at North Carolina. You know, he's oh, a guy who point. Um, I think showed as, as Tony Bennett likes to say flashes with us 
Uh, and, um, you know, North Carolina recruited him pretty heavily out of high school. And I think you could look at his, um, his Virginia record and, and go either way on it. But North Carolina really wanted him back and got him in the transfer portal. So I, I'm, I'm really interested in, in what happens for him. And as a UVA alum, I, I want the best for him. But also as a UNC player, I want him to lose when we play him. Um, but, but, but keep an eye out for, for what he does. Uh, I, I, he's somebody who I think could be a difference maker over there. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, could take a couple of years to, uh, to, to really gel. No, he could be a really good story for him. I think he, he's obviously the biggest loss um, from uh, the attrition that, that this program uh, went through. And it seems like a good dude. Hopefully he does well when he's not playing uh, against the Hoos. Uh, but that, that's definitely a good point there. I, do you believe in Gonzaga, Zach? Or, or is there something else about the ACC that, that, that you want to hit? I, I mean, I think the ACC is, is going to be up in the air again i think that you know we we've seen um what tony bennett can do as the season progresses and i think yeah, that this is going to yeah. be a good non-con schedule for for virginia to really sort of test their metal a little bit while also not getting completely just run out of the gym um you know the the, the road game against houston is probably going to be when we get uh, you know, a real confidence check on this team. Um, but then you, you yeah. do still get a chance to sort of, you know, Georgia will be a, a good contest to have early Iowa, um, you know, both those games coming at home or no, no, Georgia rather being um, up in Jersey, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, there, there's going to be some good tests to sort of like see where they're at and then progress slowly into ACC play. I don't love the fact that we have three straight road games um, early in January, but you know, you, you can't really sort of look at this schedule and say that, okay, they're going to get really sort of hammered in non-con play. Mm. Um, so there's going to be opportunities for this team to mesh and gel and come together um, and be sort of at a good point once ACC play hits, just because I, I think they should be able to beat everyone in this non-con schedule. Um, I, I think they're going to lose to Houston and, and that's going to be a little bit Gonzaga-y as last year, <laughs> you know, that, that sort of game from yeah. against Gonzaga last year. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting schedule just because I think that we're going to see some good things early on and there's going to be reasons to get excited. Um, yeah. you know, as they, for the only, ACC, yeah. they only host uh, Duke and FSU uh, in February. So like you're saying, they get to build a little bit or a lot of bit <laughs> as a team right. before they play two of at least two of the top four teams in, in the conference right. is what right. you would think. There's a, there's a, there's a progression. I mean, I mean, yeah. Louisville is going to be good. I think, sure. um, Syracuse you know, you could on be. The road. right. There's always going to be, you know, it's the ACC. Um, yeah. but, but knowing Tony, but I, I don't think you can be sort of like, you have to be confident that, that they're going to be able to produce uh, the ACC. I think is going to be up in the air unless Duke can prove themselves to be really elite. I think that you guys are right that, um, there's reason to buy into the hype a little bit more this year than perhaps, um, in the last year or so year, year or two. Um, and so, you know, if you had to pick, I would still probably pick Duke top in the ACC. I know that that's like an unpopular pick because they never really, they haven't proven that they're going to like, you know, stay true to that. Um, or at least Kay is going to want to plan for March. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I also don't think that Coach K wants to lose to anybody in his last year. I don't think he wants yeah. anyone to get any final licks, particularly against, you know, programs like Virginia, UNC. Oh, and he's he's going to be in the ref's ears as much exactly. as possible. Don't and, the ref, you... and he's going to get the calls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, as, he, 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, Zach, your your point about the Houston game is is well taken, and uh, you, you know, I, I'm but these early season um, tests against against really good programs, even if you know Virginia doesn't win, you know, a road game. Oh no, I agree. A good team, you can get a lot out. That said, I don't know how much we really learned from the Gonzaga experience last year. I think that was just kind of a debacle. <laughs> Gonzaga was really good. I think. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Uh, but uh, but you know even so long as they, they don't you know have a, a thirty point embarrassment uh, you know losing to a really great team on the road in uh, in right. the beginning of the season is not going to hurt them it, it, it come tournament time and uh, if they can they can learn from that and 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 make adjustments that can be a really terrific experience and if they win it'll be just fabulous um, but the, the rest of the non conference schedule you know I was I was not a slouch team either. Um, no, you know, I, I do think that this team can, you know, can and will beat Iowa, but but that won't be easy. Um, I think that Georgia probably I don't think Georgia's very good. Um, no, no disrespect yeah. to, to Jabri, but it, he's one of the best players on that team and he wasn't getting playing time for us last year. So um, not super worried about that one. But, you know, the ACC, the, the stuff about these other teams, you know, on a good night being able to beat Duke is going to apply to us too. Sure. Uh, you know, that defense is going to have to be really, really consistent um, for us to finish at the top of the, of the conference again. And I think we will, um, but yeah. you know, you're going to have to watch that, those, those defensive rotations, uh, you know, tighten up pretty quickly. Well, I think we're, we're all on the same page that you see a lot of this national media talk about UVA, which is like, well, I've learned time and time again, right, not to count out the who's. So I'm gonna put them at 22, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense. I, I, I think I have high expectations for them, despite all the question marks. Like I see this as a four seed or better in in the big dance uh, type of team, which means top 16, right? Like that. Yeah. I, th I think they can be that good, and I don't think that there's any reason to expect otherwise other than unknowns. So we're going to go with the benefit of the doubt in my mind that the right. unknowns will get answered by this coaching staff. So. I mean, I, I see this season going similarly to how the last two did, that there's going to be struggles in the midseason, yeah. that they're going yeah. to drop out of the rankings, that everyone's going to bemoan the fact that, you know, whatever. Um, and that they're going to come on strong. And, and then, you know, depending on how other teams are doing, we'll sort of determine if that is an ACC regular season championship. I mean, I say that we're going to struggle and we're going to lose two straight games and that's going to be like, the, you know, the struggle. But um, <laughs> I think that this this team is is likely going to fit, although there are, there are very different teams in the last two years, going to fit a similar mold in terms of how the season goes. There's going to be those learning experiences. There's going to be games that you're going to lose that we shouldn't, that the team should not be losing. Um, and then they're going to pick up big wins late in the season. They have the opportunity for big wins in the season, late in the season, as you said, Pierce, with home games against um, FSU and Duke and, and sort of like a chance to really come on strong heading into March. So, All right. yeah, I, I, you know, you got to be excited to see what Bennett can do with such an exciting and, and potentially sort of like breakout roster. And to see some fans in JPJ cheering yeah. for the shot clock violations again. That's a, that's a new, that was so hard last year. And, yeah, and I think brutal. it really, yeah. I think it really hurt the, the COVID stuff. I mean, it, it affected every team, but, but the amount of just consistency with, with practice drilling that, that you need to run the defense that Bennett demands yeah. just yeah. didn't have, you couldn't do it under COVID. And, and I think this year just being able to, you know, 
you, you have to love defense and watching good defense to love the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, and I think this year, Bennett's got a chance to really, you know, really get back to basics on that, which, which will be really exciting, especially at home. Absolutely. And it, it even if there are roadblocks or stumbling blocks all, along the way this season, I, I think we'll know that we don't need to complain anymore about recent recruiting uh, because of the class that we see coming in next year. And we at great length have talked about the ups and downs on this podcast of, of the, the holes in the roster, some foreseen and, and a lot unforeseen. And, and I think we've seen, as you've mentioned multiple times, Zach, on here, the concerted change in the coaching staff's uh, decisions and recruiting and strategy and recruiting. The, the good news, of course, is the recruiting class coming in next year is potentially the best ever. Obviously, regardless of rankings, we're going to celebrate that Kyle, Ty, Dre uh, class. But I think back to standing in a bar outside uh, DC's arena of the ACC um, tournament, talking to a Duke fan for some reason, because he came out and started talking to me. It was very annoying. But anyway, being being the, the cordial, pleasant person that I am, I was humoring him. And he said, you know, I just don't think uh, Virginia is going to sustain this because they got that special Brogdon, Joe Harris combo. And how, how long is, is this going to keep up finding three stars that they play like five stars? And I was like, well, they have the number one class in the conference coming in next year. And he was like, no, they don't. We do. Carolina does. And I pulled up my phone and showed him little pictures of Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy before they had ever, ever played here. And it seems like that is all to say there, there's more coming regardless, um, uh, more talent coming in soon to Charlottesville. But we're not looking past that. I mean, as we've said for the last hour, this is an exciting, exciting time. Um, an exciting season ahead of us so thank you both zacks uh for joining us but zach carter for uh, taking some time away to, to join us we very much appreciate uh the thoughts on uh, both sports look forward to chatting with you through the year looking forward to it as well absolutely and thank you everybody for listening stay tuned to the blog uh for some more bye week uh, info we'll be back next week of course to break down the notre dame game maybe we know more about armstrong and other question marks uh but We've also got basketball to talk about next week, too, because that that home opener uh, is just a week away. So both sports will be covered at great length here at streakingalon.com. Uh, until next week, for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce. Go Hoos. <laughs>